0: Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Good evening. Good morning. It's evening here in Vancouver. Um, just wanted to jump on. I usually stand for these transmissions, but I feel really tired. Haven't slept that much. The baby's been up, and that's saying, uh, that's saying like one-tenth of level of fatigue that Diana's got so I just want to give her some mad props she's feeding right now and it's just literally a 24-7 gig hey Nagina what's up it's it's uh, Wednesday morning over there in Dubai um, Tuesday night here in Vancouver and I wanted to jump on and talk about this conversation because I just had a uh, a wonderful T- uh, message in the group. I just wanted to jump on my thing and show you. It was about relationships. And I asked a question. I asked the question, I said, Is your relationship a safe space to share, excuse me, your reality in? Tell the truth, yes or no, and why. So I asked the question Is your relationship a safe space to share your reality in? I wanted to get a temperature gauge you know what what uh, what's it like for you in your relationship or maybe you're single right now I want you to think of your past relationship and if it didn't work out probably we know the answer to that is your relationship a safe space do you consider it a safe space to share your reality and your truth okay do you feel that way and we got some amazing already just 53 responses um, Uh, 53 responses and so much of the conversation yes uh, thank God we don't always agree on interpretations Matthew says but we uh, can always share with each other we understand that if we didn't like an action it's about the action and not necessarily the person she's amazing at listening for my needs amazing this is exactly why This is exactly what we want to create. The sense of a secure attachment is the feeling of safety to be able to express yourself, is to be able to share what's going on for you. Okay. And the next person, uh, Angie, she said, no, my husband can't be trusted and doesn't care, dot, dot, dot. I always have a funny response whenever people say that. It's kind of like, no, my husband can't be trusted and doesn't care, dot, dot, dot and I know what it's like to be in a relationship where you feel stuck and that response especially triggered me (laughs) sorry Angie so I really wanted to do a uh, a video and think about I just made me think okay so why is it why don't you feel safe why don't you feel trusted in this relationship and see if I can serve you by giving you some sort of insight on waking you up that's really what this is about social media you're usually you're scrolling on this thing we scroll on this thing to numb ourselves but my commitment is that if you uh on these trainings and you listen and you pay attention it's not going to put you to sleep it's going to do the opposite it's going to actually wake you up and sometimes waking you up means poking you and irritating you a little bit with a trigger because it's like whoa because we're asleep 95% of the time we are not aware we have no conscious awareness we don't have consciousness We are dissociated from our bodies, we are a race, we are a species that is completely, if you're anything like me, like I was, completely in the dark, sleepwalking, getting into relationships, them not be fulfilling, getting in toxic dynamics, and being stuck there, not knowing what to do, not having the freedom to express ourselves. All of a sudden we wake up and we're like, I realized I couldn't find and get into a relationship that felt fulfilling I did not I couldn't I I didn't feel safe to s- express myself so I shut you know I would shut down I would run away I would become the avoidant uh, get into these codependent cycles so I thought about it and I'm like alright so what are two main reasons I'm gonna give you two reasons and by the end of this training you're gonna have some insight about if you're stuck in a relationship where you don't feel like it's a safe space to express yourself it feels nourishing feeling seen and heard and you it's not just one-sided you actually have an ability to create a container where another person or other people feel that way around you that's the ultimate and why is this important well if you don't have that then life is meaningless I don't care how much money you you have. I don't care if you have like you make 5 million bucks a year and you're a boss babe and you're just killing it. All right? I know plenty of very successful people they just can't get relationships right. I was one of them. Um you know, this one woman that who's a good, you know, who's who's a colleague of mine, just crushing it. The the woman makes She's so powerful. The woman makes about ugh. she even like we were in a mastermind group together. She like, Yeah, I made three hundred grand this weekend. I just sit back and go, but then on the breaks she would come up to me and go, Nima, why can't I find a well, why can't I find a man? Why is it that I, I I can't get relationships right? Ever since her divorce, she was divorced, she's got two beautiful kids who are grown men. Ever since her divorce, she hasn't been able to uh, get relationships right and hasn't felt safe expressing herself in relationships. And so she's just like, screw that, I'm going to go at it myself. So I wanted to shed some light and tell you two main reasons and two things that I want you to really look at and, and identify. The first reason, number one, is it's called fragilizing okay what is fragilizing this is one of the main reasons why we don't feel safe in relationships I'll give you an example fragilizing this is how I felt with my relationship with my parents I would be running this story consistently I'd say I can't tell the truth to my parents I'm not able to set boundaries for, with my parents I'm not able to tell the truth why well to protect them because they can't handle it they lose their shit so I'm going to hide the truth. I'm not, I don't feel safe expressing myself around my parents because when I express my truth, they lose it. They pull away. They react. They respond. So therefore, I don't feel safe. I realized that while my feelings were true and valid that I was doing this thing called fragilizing. Fragilizing means that I'm going to withhold my truth in, f- in fear of like because of your reaction but the truth of the matter is, is that I'm afraid of your truth when I share my truth. Does that make sense? Does this make sense? Let me know if this is making sense. Fragilizing means that I am going to hide my truth to my parents because they can't handle the truth. Whereas the truth is when I share a truth and they have a reaction, I am the one that couldn't handle their reaction to it. I wasn't resourced enough to be able to tell the truth, listen to their reaction, which is usually a a feeling of rejection and not worthiness that come up within me based on their reaction but I wasn't resourced within my own self to be able to share my truth, have them react the way they react, and for me to see through their reaction at the wounds behind their reaction. I expected them to see me when I didn't take the time to resource myself so that I can see them. This is why relationships break down because we blame the other person because of their reaction, but we are the ones that aren't able to handle their reactions to our truth so that we hide it and then we have a wall between us and now we have toxic relationships. And then we say, well, maybe that, you know, I didn't feel safe with you. I'm just gonna go somewhere else. Then you go somewhere else and you go to another person and then, you know, they'll get triggered by some of this stuff. You say, welcome to a relationship. This is conflict. You didn't, nobody, you, you know, Nobody taught you properly conflict, probably, if you were like me. I I wasn't taught, you know. So you set a boundary. They have a reaction, okay? They will have a reaction to the boundary set because they feel hurt and rejected. And then they'll respond and react back to you, and you can't handle the reaction because you feel rejected. And it becomes this endless loop and it's called fragilization and the whole time you're like no they're supposed to create safety the way that I changed my relationship with my family is I stopped expecting them to create safety I created it within myself and then I spoke my truth and then they had reactions like right now it happens constantly my you know with I mean it happens with in-laws this is part of family dynamics we either project and we just oh, expect them to see us and we don't empathize so we don't set boundaries we're inauthentic because we can't we because we fragilize we blame the other person as their reaction but we ourselves are not able to resource ourselves through their reaction so we lose it and it becomes this fight for victimhood you have two people fighting to, 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 to play. Oh, I'm the victim. No, I'm the victim. No, I'm the victim. No, I'm the victim. Two little children fighting for victimhood. Welcome to codependency. Welcome to uh, toxic relationships. And I was going from one to another until I was like, okay, wait. Let me just put down the magnifying. Let me just put down the magnifying glass and pick up a mirror instead. Resource myself instead of blaming them. Instead of fragilizing, I'm going to take responsibility. So I did. And all of a sudden, I was able to set boundaries. And all of a sudden, their reactions, when you start setting boundaries with family members, when you're doing the work, it's difficult because you now have changed the contract. You now uh, say something and set a boundary, and then they get upset. They don't like the tone. Something happens, it triggers their wounds, and then they react to you. And then what are you going to do? You can't handle their reaction because you're fragilizing and you've been protecting yourself from their reaction. You think you're protecting them from covering, like hiding the truth and not sharing. But you're actually protecting yourself, your wounds. How do you change this? Well, you take responsibility for healing those attachment wounds that's causing you to fragilize in the first place. Yeah, but no, Nima, what about them? What about them taking responsibility? They should do it is what I hear all the time. Don't I deserve this? Don't I deserve that? Yeah, sure you deserve it. So how's it working so far? Okay? No, it's not. Okay, so what do you do? Find somebody else and repeat the pattern or let's just use what you have here. You got going on using whatever triggers and you're going to use each of them to go inside and to heal your attachment wounds. That's what becoming trigger-proof is really all about. I created the overview method to teach people it's a methodology of taking a trigger and using it to heal an attachment wound that every trigger is a gift to help you heal your attachment wound rather than another excuse to play the victim and have somebody else expect somebody else to see you because you haven't learned to resource yourself and then learn how to set healthy boundaries uh... that are firm that are compassionately firm that's the key compassionately firm and even when you're compassionately firm people are not going to like it let me give you an example. Um, Diana, after um, the after the um, after the C section, has had some infections and it's been a little difficult. It's been painful for her, right? And so, what happens is already everybody is constantly telling her, telling her what to do, right? Is being bombarded constantly by advice everywhere Right and there's so much advice coming at you, it's just exhausting, and then it becomes a little overwhelming, right? So then it just this happens and it becomes challenging. So then at times you gotta set boundaries, and so you you say, um, "All right, here's the deal." I really appreciate. How are you do? How are you doing? Well, so and so is happening. Well, you should do this, and then you should do that, and then you should do vegetable juice, and then this, and then that, and then this, and then that, and then it's just like okay. So I sent a text message um, with my mother. She she asked how my uh, how how my wife is doing, and why do people fight for victimhood? I'm going to tell you the answer to that, uh, Alyssa. Why do people fight for victimhood? That's a great question. I'm going to answer that question. So I told, my, I told my mother, I said, listen, she said, how are you doing? We haven't heard from you. She needs to hear how we're doing every single day, it's Persian moms. And I said, hey, mom, I was texting. I go, hey, mom, um, look, she's not great. She's healing. we a doctor's appointment tomorrow. We're going to look at the wound, all of this stuff. But I would really appreciate it if you don't give any advice. We got all of this under control she goes okay sure no problem a lovely response thank you it's okay that's all good and then about 20 minutes half an hour later I get another message from my father saying when when have we been giving advice all of a sudden got defensive when I just set a simple boundary saying look we will come tomorrow but we got it all under control and we don't really need you know to hear any advice so we're we're okay that that pissed him off that upset him now Because he feels rejected. He feels like, what are you talking about? We're not giving advice. This is not, uh, this is not, what's happening? You don't, you, in other words, you have us all wrong. We've been good. We've been good parents. It triggered his, we're being bad parents uh, button. And so he reacted, he responded with a text message. And so what's probably going to happen is I'm going to get on a call with him and just talk about what's going on. And this is how conscious relationships will happen. He's probably going to be upset. He's going to share it with me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear him. I'm going to be very conscious of my own boundaries. I'm going to be open to hearing, and I'm going to be aware that there's a wounded part of me that really wants to say fuck you constantly, and I'm going to take care of that part of me. And that is how we can use conflict and turn it into deeper intimacy. I'll let you know how it goes, by the way, because I'm still in the middle of it but the reason why I'm sharing this with you is that conflict is going to happen in relationships in family dynamics if you hide your truth in fear of conflict then you are um, and you're telling the story that oh I don't feel it's because I don't feel safe um, then you might be fragilizing and I'm not saying to just go and say it and then confront it if you haven't done the work. Uh, But what I'm saying is do the work. I'm saying take responsibility to heal those attachment wounds that have you hiding your truth in the first place. Now I can tell when someone's done the work. I can actually tell. People who message me goes, I've done tons of work. And they still tell their victim story. Like they're in it. They can't see it. They're in it. I know that they haven't completed the work. 100% of people who message me say that they've done some sort of work, therapy, cognitive work, um, whatever. And they still say things like, and I'm gonna answer that question, why do people fight for victimhood? Um, And they still, hold on one sec. What did he say? Let's see they still tell the story oh my husband so and so all right my husband i don't feel safe i can't trust him okay dot 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 that answer i believe it was angela that's a victim okay i'm not saying you don't feel that way and i don't mean to invalidate you i'm saying you're not done your healing work and and if you're just gonna stay in a situation like that and you're not gonna do anything about it, you're not gonna take any responsibility, then you will stay stuck there forever expecting someone else to rescue you. Why do, which answers the question, why would you fight for victimhood? Because victimhood is a great way to avoid responsibility. It's a justification to, to, it's a justification and an excuse to avoid responsibility. Why? Because to take responsibility means that I have to grow up. I don't want to grow up. I have Peter Pan syndrome. I want to stay a little boy, little kid, little girl forever waiting for some sort of a fucking knight in shining armor to come and rescue me, some savior to come and save me from this horrible life of of victimhood. And I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose. This is our unconscious default not your fault probably you learn that from your parents victimhood it passes down from generation to generation you get implanted with the idea my ex-girlfriend she was born into victimhood you know we did the a landmark course and she got up it was a huge revelation she was like I've been a victim all my life and it didn't even start with me she was brought into victimhood and her mother is a professional victim and now she's turning into a professional victim and it's just one layer after another of victimhood and it's like I don't want to take responsibility how do I know that you've done the work okay here's how I know instead of saying a a comment like I don't feel safe around my husband he can't be trusted what you say is this, this is when you've done the work. This is when you I can tell. I feel it in you. I see it. I can see it in the in the words that you choose. This is what you say when you've done your healing work. You say, We had a very tumultuous relationship. I did it I, I constantly felt in my relationship like I couldn't trust him. I felt betrayed constantly and I stayed with him because I realized it was a repetition of my childhood wounding. It was familiar to me. I realized that I was reliving a pattern that was deep in my core of my being, in my body, and I was living it every day victimizing myself to my husband when it wasn't really about my husband at all. It was about me and my unconscious wounds that were in my body with my father, for example, primary mother. And I, because I hadn't healed those, I repeated them. And so I stopped, I stopped looking for a rescuer outside of me and I took it upon myself. I invested the time. I invested the energy. I went and got a job. I stopped expecting him to see me. I stopped expecting him to support me financially because that's another way to stay stuck in victimhood is set your life up in such a way where you're powerless. If you don't empower your the area all areas of your life, you're going to draw in somebody to overpower you. There are no victims. Let me say that again, and this is going to trigger the hell out of you, especially if you're stuck in a victim state, wanting to be rescued. You're either a creator or a taker in this universe. The victims are the takers. They expect, you know, they, they don't think that a life of creation is possible for them. But you are. You are a creator. You are made in the image of God. You are a creator. But only if you... If you first know that you are, but if you are in a perpetual victimhood state because it's been brought up, you've been brought up in that state, you're plugged into the matrix. You're not the one in control of your life. You must unplug the matrix by healing your attachment wounds. That's how you unplug them from the matrix. That's how you break the cycles of intergenerational trauma. That's how you stop playing the victim we naturally will default to victimhood. People reach out to me and they have relationship challenges and I go, tell me what's going on. And all they do is talk about the other person all the way down, basically tell the victim story. And I've done all this work. I'm like, let me guess, you've done therapy counseling, right? Yeah, well, that explains it. You've gone week after week I don't mean to knock all therapists and counselors. One of my good friends is a counselor. So if he heard this, he would probably be pissed. He'd probably get very defensive and get triggered and send me a message. But not all counselors are like that. But think about it. There's nothing in the business model that has you having to break free from your victim story. So often I see people saying, I've done this work, you know, my husband can't be trusted and I don't feel safe dot 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 and then what you're just gonna stay there the reason why you're staying there is because it's filling an unconscious need to stay there you're disempowered financially you uh, you can't be alone because you're terrified of being alone you'd rather be in a situation (laughs) light bulbs good Uh, you'd rather be in a situation with somebody than be alone. You'd rather help fix and get your identity by solving their issue, by rescuing them because you have such a deep loss of a sense of self. Right? That's why you tolerate not being seen and heard and understood and feeling safe in a relationship. Because once you've done this this work, once you've healed those attachment wounds, all of a sudden you don't tolerate somebody not seeing and hearing you you don't actually the thought of being with somebody is like fuck that you know you you, within one or two dates when you're with that person and they're very narcissistically you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation not able to hold space for you, you don't have the time for that shit. Because you've already invested so much energy into yourself rather than pleasing. Rather than, you know, and and it's not your fault. And I'm not trying to shame you for it. I'm trying to give you light bulb moments. That's what I want. I want the light bulb to go on, but here's the problem. The light bulb going on is meaningless. An insight, a breakthrough, is meaningless unless you actually put it to action. You'll have a light bulb, blow us, and then if you don't take one action step towards shifting that tomorrow, within about three weeks that light bulb is passed. You're now in the dark again. So it takes specific, specified action steps moving forward. You must make that a priority. You must. So number one is fragilizing. That's the first reason. Reason number two is unhealed, unsolved attachment wounds causing you to have familiar environment of not feeling seen and heard and safe, which is exactly what kind of segway into this. So if you had the experience growing up where your sense of self was validated when you took care of others, when you were the helper, when you abandoned yourself and your emotional needs were not met then naturally you will equate that that pattern that pattern will be repeated in your relationships you will tolerate that kind of behavior because that's what love is and none of this is your fault and most of it is unconscious James Hollis says the first half of life is a giant mistake (laughs) it's true because for me it was I was 43 years old when I just had this big wake-up call and I moved back in with my parents and I worked towards healing them. And it's a work in progress. I have a text message that I got to send to my dad right after this, uh, not got to, that I would love to send to my dad and have a chat with him about it. Um, and, and just, you know, I set a boundary. I'm able to say it. And he got triggered. And then I can now take care of me while he's having his reaction because my commitment to myself and my boundary was the most important thing and I can be compassionate at the same time rather than boundaries because when you first start doing them and you hear boundaries people say here's what you gotta say when you do boundaries this is the problem that I have with boundary work when you go boundaries boundaries when you're you can actually they become a prison for you you use them to be safe just kinda like what I did I set a boundary and then you got to understand that that's going to confront the person and you got to be compassionate towards the person that you say it to. Right? But trying to practice what to say without actually doing the work in your body to heal that and get that firm sense of self so that when things get, you know, if my dad has a conniption fit over the boundary that I set, I'm okay with that. That's not going to stop me from loving him. That's going to I can still be understanding towards him and empathize towards him. And you might be thinking, well, what about him? And I thought to myself, you know what? i The only way that I changed my relationship with my family was I stopped expecting them to do any type of work to see me and empathize with me. I was going to do that for me. I didn't need that anymore. I was going to do that from a from a standpoint of, I got me. I'm gonna try to understand them a little more because there's about ten years left I have with them, and I thought I could spend those ten years being a little baby, playing the victim to them and resentful, or I can appreciate everything that they have done for me and really understand that where they came from was coming from a wounded place. They did a great job. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit fucked up. I gotta say, it's true. <laughs> I got my. I'm not. I'm not any less fucked up than you. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, I just know how, I can, the difference is I can see it, <laughs> that's the difference, is that I see it now and if I can see it I don't have to <laughs> have it take over, right, so I'm just as, I have just, I have just as many um, childhood wounds, may, maybe not just as many, I don't want to say, you know, I, I have, I've had it pretty great, uh, both of my parents are together, it wasn't a great marriage, conflict wasn't done great. Uh, But everything I, I have appreciation for and an understanding when they do annoying shit, it gets to me. I wish that they were a little more different and more grown up and more understanding, and I wish that they would do this work. But then I can waste my time wishing, or I can just appreciate them and really take care of myself. And that is the foundation of healing your attachment wounds. I know there's some therapists and stuff that say you got to nix toxic people out of your life and I'm just like yeah I could have easily said that about my parents but then that's the easy way out I I I would rather start a community and a tribe of people who are like done with the victim story and then want to become trigger proof so that going to their parents place isn't traumatic regardless of who they are they're able to be compassionately firm with their boundaries and appreciative because quite frankly you got to where you are because i mean in, in good ways because of them too but when you're so stuck in victimhood so so stuck in resentment um, so stuck in that childlike state because of that wound then you completely block yourself out of the possibility of really connecting and that's really what life is about that's what makes life meaningful is your ability to create a container where you feel seen and heard but when others feel it too so when i was able to, to let my parents feel seen and heard by me now they totally are are very uh... empathetic towards me the most they've ever been in their lives and it's entirely as a reflection of the work that i've done on myself they've even stepped it up So. The two reasons, two main reasons. Now, I'm sure there's more, but I just thought about it, and I wanted to answer that question because it was a really interesting. Um, it was a really interesting uh, uh, thread that just came up. Ch- check it out on in the Facebook group. You know, what's your relationship like, and then share. And um, I would love it, absolutely love it, if this is resonating with you, and you're you're actually ready. I always. Say okay. So what do I do now? How to solve this? People say, How do I solve this? Well, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to create a sacred pause. You got to have a tribe and a community. You got to regulate your nervous system. You got to clear past grievances. You got to heal those attachment wounds, and you got to learn how to dance with that dark passenger. Now, how do you do that? Well, I have a training on this on Sunday. I just left the. um, I just left it in the comments section. The link is there. Click that link, watch the video, read everything there. And I basically teach you in this five hour workshop, the step by step on uncovering when you get triggered, where does that wound come from? What's the story that you made out of it? What are the sensations in the body? We un- and, and then we are working on specifically resentment. What are you resenting the most about that other person? And then what we do is we go into the drama triangle and then we unpack and show you how to take any conflict and unpack it within a matter of minutes and turn that conflict into deeper self-love, excuse me, turn into deeper intimacy. Why is this important? Well because if you learn to do this then you can teach your children. Imagine your parents teaching you proper conflict resolution strategies so that you can have a secure attached relationship at home. I'm so grateful for my relationship because you know when feelings come up for me when I have something I can say it and when Diana has feelings come up I create a space where she can say it she can express it and the one who benefits is my my son the one who benefits from all of this work is my son because he gets to live in an energy field or a container which is our family dynamic with the two dogs this energy think about it if I came into your home and i just was like an energy geiger counter and i could just sense the energy which was the attachments between your family what would what what reading would i get would i get grief would i get resentment would i get inauthenticity would it would would there be lies between all of the people well i can sit here i could sit here and blame my parents all my life for that and i'd be validated because you know, they didn't They didn't teach me all this stuff, but they didn't learn themselves. And so I could sit there and hold them accountable to teaching me, or I could teach myself, and then create, become a creator rather than a taker. Then I create, and then I became a creator. Look at me, I created a child. Two years ago, this is not possible for me. I went from victim to my parents, creator of a family that with King energy this is when you go from your wounded child energy to King Queen energy it must it must guide you through your victim state into the other state fragilizing and repeating patterns those are two reasons why you don't feel safe the answer is to heal those attachment wounds the link is there what excuses do you have to not make this a priority. What's more important than healing the attachment wounds from your childhood so that you can then create a family dynamic and become the person to create this container where everybody feels seen and heard rather than sitting back and waiting for your husband to do it, your wife to do it, your mom to do it, your dad to do it. That's child victim energy and that's not going to create the life you desire and that's not going to help you become trigger proof. That is the solution. Let me know what showed up for you. How was this? Any light bulbs? Uh, I can only really see, I, you know, I can't see your face to know if uh, there's a rea- uh, you know, any type of connection. Let me know what came up for you in this. Did it upset you? Are you telling me to F off? I'm okay with that. <laughs> Let me know what came up for you and we'll see you at the next perfect time. Follow that link if you have any questions. I'm here. I'll do another training tomorrow for any question that you have, and uh, see you at the next perfect time.